when ownership is challenged, We'll be discussing the concept of ownership and redefining the idea of ownership. In our last year, we talked about ownership as ba'alut, as having control over that which is yours. Not just that which is legally yours or technically yours, but actually having it under your control, being able to influence, sell it, or be makdishit. Makdishit means you give it to hektish, you give it to the Beit HaMikdash. And that's a very interesting concept in Halakha, because by giving something to the Beit HaMikdash, you strip it of all commercial value. So that we have that capacity. We could take an object that has a great deal of commercial value. We take the uh, the Rolex watch that we talk about so often in the Shir, and it might be worth $5,000. It has that commercial value. But the moment I'm makdishit, I give it to the Beit HaMikdash, it loses all commercial value. It can't be sold, it can't be bought, it can't be traded with. That's an interesting idea that we can take a tangible object and remove its commercial value, leaving it as an object that is valuable in a different way, in a way that is non-commercial. It belongs to the Beit HaMikdash, it belongs to, to Hekdash, and that's a discussion we'll get to in greater detail when we get to Kochim later on in the Dafyomi cycle. Meanwhile, though, we're talking about the fact that if something is not under my control, even though it's technically mine, I cannot be Maktishit, I cannot give it to the Beit HaMikdash. So if something has been stolen from me, we discussed in our last shiur that theft does that. Theft takes something away from the reshut of its owner. It still belongs to the owner technically, but it's taken away from his control. He can no longer control it, and as such, it's considered Geneva, it's considered theft. When that happens, the owner cannot be Maktish. His own property which has been stolen because the fact that it's not under his control means it's not, he's not the ba'alim, he's not the master. He might be the legal owner, but he's not the halachic master of that particular object and can't be used. What is the situation when it comes to pikadon? If I entrust somebody, if I make somebody a trustee to look after my assets so that it's not in my control, my Rolex, Rolex watch now is sitting in a safe in the bank. I don't have control over it right now. I can't move it. I can't touch it. It's not accessible to me. Do I have Ba'alut at that time or don't I? Could I be Makdishit or can I not be Makdishit? So Tosfot on Adaf makes it very clear that we can be Makdishit. But if something is a pikadon, if something has been given in trust, then the owner of that of that object, of that asset, can still be Makdishit, which means it is still his asset. It does still belong to him. It, he still has control over it because the trustee stands in his place. The trustee is a an employee of his, so to say. He has employed the trustee to work for him, to, to take care of the object for him. He can give instructions to the trustee. He can tell the trustee what to do with that object. And therefore, the asset still remains under the control of the owner. We have a situation in the Gemara here, which we'll learn in a moment, and based on the way Rashi explains it, it seems that he doesn't learn the way that Tosfot does, and that creates a certain difficulty. The Gemara talks about Amri Nahardoi, the school of Nahardoi, the school in Babylon, said, We don't write an Urchata Shtar, a document of Urchata. Urchata means the following. If I want to claim certain assets in Beit Din. I can go myself to the Beit Din and I can put my claim there and, and have the other person defend it. Or I can appoint my attorney, my advocate to go to Beit Din for me. Except I can't just do it in the way that we do in, in normal law, in Torah law. It's different because 
The other person could say, the defendant could say, I don't know who this advocate is, I have nothing to do with him. I want to deal with a person who's actually making the claim. In that case, I would have to go to Beitin myself. But I can be Koteben Uchter, which means I can take my advocate, I can take my attorney, and give him certain rights in the assets that we're claiming in the court, in the Beitin. And by giving him some rights to those assets, I'm making him a part owner of the assets, certainly an interested party, and therefore he can appear in the Beitin on his own, not just as a representative of, of me. Why is that my time? Why is it that when it comes to property, to assets that have been stolen and are movable assets, back to our Rolex watch, somebody steals the Rolex watch. I now want to appoint my advocate to go to court and claim it back. So I tell my advocate, I'm giving you a share in my Rolex watch. That isn't going to work, says the school of Nardor. Asks Ravashi why. Amalei Amemer answers, Bishum de Rabbi Yochanan. It's because of the principle of Rabbi Yochanan that we've learned in the previous chapter. Am Rabbi Yochanan, Gazal velonit yashu habailim. If somebody has stolen property, let's say from me, and I haven't given up hope yet, I still plan to get that back. So I have technical ownership, but I don't have ba'alut, I don't have shita, I don't have control over this particular object. Neither one can donate that asset to the Beit HaMikdash. The thief can't do it because it doesn't belong to him. And I can't give it to the Beit HaMikdash because I don't have control of it. I don't have shita. I'm not the Bali. And therefore nobody can give it to the Beit HaMikdash because nobody really is the Baalim of this asset at this time. I'd, I'm not the Baalim, I'm technically the owner, but I'm not the Baal because I haven't got mastery over the asset, it's in somebody else's hands, and the thief is not the Baal because it doesn't belong to him. That's how Tosford learns this piece of Gomorrah, but Rashi learns that this Gomorrah is talking not only about assets that have been stolen, but also about assets that have been given in trust. And Rashi talks about the Neeman, about the, the role of the trustee, he who has been trusted or entrusted, with this object. So here we're talking about a situation, according to Rashi, what this Gemara is saying, Nahadai is teaching, that if I have an asset, I have my Rolex watch, which I have given in trust to the bank to look after for me, at that point, I cannot hire a lawyer and say, I want you to go to Beitin to claim my rights to that watch because my rights are being questioned by somebody else. I cannot do that because I'm unable to assign a portion of ownership a share in that Rolex watch to my advocate. Why? Because it's not in my shita. So Rashi clearly holds, it seems quite clear, that not only if the Rolex watch has been stolen, do I not have full shlita, and therefore I cannot appoint an attorney by giving him rights to this watch, because I don't have shlita, I don't have control. Not only that, but even if it hasn't been stolen, I've given it to a trustee. I've already lost a certain amount of control over it, and I cannot assign rights in it to the attorney, and nor can I be makdishit, nor can I give it to the Beit HaMikdash. Hoshin asks in Simon Kufkaf Gimel, that's absurd because we know clearly, as Tosfut brings proofs for that, that you can be makdish, something that you've given in trust. The fact that my Rolex watch is in the bank in my name doesn't mean that I've lost ownership, doesn't mean that I've lost control. It means that I still have control. I can give instructions to the bank, and one of those instructions can be this watch is now hectic. This watch now belongs to the Beis Hamikdash. If I can do that, I can certainly 
hire an attorney and give him a share in that Rolex watch so that he has the rights to go to Beitin on my behalf and argue the case. So the Ktsar Choshen brilliantly explains what Rashi has to mean. Rashi can't mean it in the simple sense of the word because that just doesn't make sense at all. So the Ktsar Choshen explains that we're talking about a trustee who has a claim on the watch. We're not talking about a neutral bank who's got it in their safe deposit room. We're talking about a trustee who's holding the watch that I might have given them to take care of, but they have a claim on the watch. They claim the watch actually belongs to them. So they're not returning it to me until we go to court, until we go to Beitin, and we argue the case out in Beitin. If it turns out that Beitin decides in my favor, he'll return the watch to me. But if Beitin doesn't decide in my favor, he'll keep the watch until I pay him. In that situation, says the Tzodat Hoshin, I have lost Shlita. I have lost control over the watch. So we're looking at three different situations. One is the watch is stolen from me. There everybody agrees. I've lost Shlita. I've lost control. I'm no longer the Baal. I cannot be Maktish. I cannot give it to the Beit HaMikdash. And I cannot use it to give a share in it to an attorney to represent me in a court of law because I can't assign a share to something over which I don't have Shlita myself something over which I am not the full owner, the Baal. Then on the other end of the spectrum, we have a situation where I have given it to a trustee, to the bank, to put in the safe deposit box on my behalf. In such a situation, I am still the Baal. I do still have Shlita, although it's not in my house. I can't pick it up at this very moment, but I have access to it at all times because I can give an instruction to the bank to deliver it to me. And then we have the third case, where the trustee is holding it, pending a claim he has, on that asset that he holds in trust. In such a situation, my ownership is being challenged. My ownership is not clear. My ownership is not black and white. And what we see here is a very important idea, and that is that when ownership is being challenged, when a person is not fully in control over an asset, he isn't the Baalim. He doesn't have full responsibility for it, and he doesn't have full authority for it even though technically it belongs to him, since it's being challenged, he's not a full Baalim. And that's important in the way we manage people, it's in the way, important in the way we deal with people, to understand that there is only Baalut when there is unchallenged authority. If a person has unchallenged authority, they are the owner, and they can do with that asset what they want. But if their authority is challenged, even partially challenged, they are no longer the owner. Where it becomes important is when you want an employee, for example, to take ownership. You delegate something to an employee and you want them to be responsible. It's all very well saying, you are responsible for this particular part of my business. You are responsible for the execution of this strategy. You are responsible for this project. But I've got to check with myself. Have I given this person enough authority for him to truly be the Baal, to be the owner, because you cannot have responsibility without a commensurate authority. It applies with, with one's children, if one wants them to take responsibility over certain areas of their lives. If you truly want them to be responsible and you're delegating your responsibility to them so that they begin to grow into adulthood, it's important that you also give them the authority that goes with that responsibility. It applies to a babysitter. You might hire a babysitter. If you're going to hold them responsible for your child, then you've got to make sure that they have authority with respect to that child. You can't tie their hands behind their back in such a way they have no authority and make them responsible for the way your child is going to behave. The same applies to a teacher, to a school. If you're going to hold the school responsible for your child's performance in school, 
then you've got to give the school the authority to deal with your child in the way they deem best. You can't hold that authority and hold them responsible. This is one of the ideas we learn from this uh, principle of Lokhat Vinen Urcheta Ambetaltini.